Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The first thing. Oh. oh. Welcome <laughs> to the pump fake. I hope that that's in the in the actual cut. That would make me very happy. Um, I, too. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I spelled something wrong on my uh, my little blurb. That's down fine. At the bottom. I'll uh, I'll put it. Uh, and like the uh, little bubbles that pop up and we can just uh we'll direct people that way but regardless cool. welcome welcome to the pump fake everybody i'm jared bailey of usa today joined today by my friend jordan delugo duval daily rogue football it's good to see you buddy good to see you too yeah it says rouge football down at the bottom <laughs> not rouge football rogue football it happens to the best of us um so today yeah if you see the uh the title of the episode we are talking afc overs and unders what we agree with uh each other on what we might not um so yeah buddy we'll get into it we'll start with the afc north considering that i'm a steelers fan we'll just kind of get them out of the way real quick they're over under on fanduel we're using fanduel odds right now it said at over under eight and a half and i saw a tweet yesterday i can't remember from who but that there is a ton of money being poured into Vegas on Steelers over eight and a half. I think that's one of the safer bets of any team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would say it's super safe, but Mike Tomlin, right? He does not have losing right. seasons. He just doesn't. So I guess that's why you could say it's safe. They're in a difficult division, obviously. They're in a difficult conference. But yeah, I would take the over. I'd probably put them at nine or ten wins this year. Uh, I like what Kenny Pickett did down the stretch. I think George Pickens has some some juice to him, some some excitement to to add to that offense. I think they've improved their offensive line over the last couple of years. They've got Najee Harris, obviously. Uh, I think it comes down to Mike Tomlin and his coaching ability, his ability to squeeze everything he has out of the players he has. I think he's going to get them to at least nine wins. I like to consider myself a pretty level-headed fan. You know, I think that, when it comes to you know going into last year, I didn't have high expectations. Um, even the year before, you know, in the final year of Ben, I, my expectations weren't sky high. I think they can win the division. If you just like look at their schedule and you look at how Pickett played down the stretch, I don't think Kenny Pickett, by the way, I've talked about this on other shows. Me saying that, I don't think they're a better team than the Bengals. I think it's a toss up if they're a better team than the Ravens, but they have an easier schedule than both of those teams. And a lot of their schedule falls in their way in terms of the games that they play at home and on the road. So you combine those those factors with the offensive line getting better on paper. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris in the backfield. You bring in a guy like Darnell Washington. I think they're going to go 12 personnel a ton. George Pickens taking a step forward, potentially, after a really solid rookie year. And with everything that we saw from Pickett in the final month and a half of the season, I don't think that he's going to be an elite guy but I don't think that they necessarily need him to be that. Like if Kenny Pickett is, you know, a middle of the pack quarterback, but everybody else lives up to their potential. I think that this is definitely a playoff team. And I think that they can contend for the AFC North. Yeah. For me, that's tough just because I think the Bengals are so loaded. Um, sure. And I, I, I was looking at the Bengals earlier. I don't think their schedule is all that difficult outside of the division, which I do think, again, as you mentioned, it's a tough division. But looking at these, the Steelers, I think 
you like the direction they're headed on offense. Sure. I love what they did defensively in the draft this year as well, bringing in Joey Porter Jr., who it's not just because of his dad playing in Pittsburgh. Like He fits what they do defensively to a T with his length and physicality. So does Corey Trice, who they brought in later on in the draft. Love the Corey the Trice pick. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you bring in some of these guys, you get TJ Watt back. Uh, for the full season, hopefully. Alex Highsmith took a big step forward last year. You have Cam Hayward. Keanu Bitten, one of the guys I was highest on in the draft at the defensive tackle spot, they were able to get him as well. I just think they reloaded and retooled in a big way this year. And and I think Allen Robinson is going to bring a little bit of steadiness to that wide receiver room. Pat Fryermuth and Darnell Washington, like you said, in 12 personnel. Yeah. I think there's a lot to like. I do too. And defensively, like it's going to be the usual suspects there as well, like Watt, Hayward, Fitzpatrick. I think they yeah. got a little bit better depth wise in the middle, bringing in Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb. Like last year, man, the past couple years for the Steelers in terms of their inside backers. Like Devin Bush had a really solid rookie year, then he hurt the knee and he wasn't quite the same after that. They tried, you know, the likes of Joe Schobert. They tried Miles the likes Jack. of Miles Jack as well. Yeah. And, you know, guys that were, you know, I mean, you're well aware of both of them. Guys were kind of past their prime at that point. Yes. Um, so we'll see. Landon Roberts was solid last year in Miami. Cole Holcomb is a you know a fine, you know, he'll he'll serve his role. Um, so yeah, defensively, I like with what they're doing, and we know yeah, and I think Herbig to too, the rookie out of um out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I think he's gonna come in and be just like a blitzer, you know, extraordinaire early on in his career. Yeah. Highsmith as well off the edge. Like as long as Watt stays healthy and Highsmith stay healthy, they're a really solid duo. Uh, Highsmith had 14 and a half sacks last year. He had a really solid season. So I think it just comes down to the fact, like we know how the Steelers are going to play. We know how Mike Tomlin wants to play. It's uh, let's just hold the team to less points rather than let's score more points is kind of his mentality. And I get it as a defensive coach, but the biggest question is going to be Matt Canada and how much can the offense do? So we'll see. That is a big question mark for Pittsburgh, and uh, it, it is a fair question to ask. Um, but we'll move on to the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals. Over under 11 and a half for Cincinnati. Team has been one of the powerhouses of the NFL over the past couple seasons, represented the AFC in the Super Bowl two years ago, made it back to the AFC title game last year. And now, Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, it's the usual, the usual cast of characters that it has been. We know how good their offense is. They add Orlando Brown on the offensive line. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Defensively, a little bit of retooling on the back end. They lose both Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Um, but I don't think that you know the guys that they have back there now are going to be so much of a downgrade that they just fall off a cliff. Like they're still really solid on the front seven as well. Like Jermaine Pratt. DJ Reader, like I love everything that the Bengals have in the front seven. Nasty on that side of the ball. Um, kind of gets lost in translation just because their offense is so good. But Cincinnati's still very well equipped to make another run. Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned kind of before, I'm I'm slamming the over on 11 wins. I think they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL. I think Joe Burrow is really developing before our eyes into one of those absolute killers at the quarterback position. Yeah. Absolutely loaded with with skill position players they added chase brown in case anything happens with joe mixon and um a lot of people really uh, like that chase brown pick yeah and i like him a lot i think he really struggled at the senior bowl but uh you know during practices there but on film he is a complete back he's a back that can do it on all three downs and do it at a very high level so i do like the pick i think dropping him into an offense with so many great pieces around him is only going to enhance how he looks as well and tyler boyd one of the 
probably the best third receiver in the NFL right now, if not the best. Tyler Boyd been like the most underrated receiver in football for the past like three years. Yeah, absolutely. And part of it is just, you know, having Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as well out there. That'll do it. Um, You know, Irv Smith, I think he's a quality receiving tight end for them if he can stay healthy. But the defensive side of the ball is what gets me really juiced talking about this team. Everybody talks about their offense. Everybody talks about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But uh, as you mentioned, they did lose both starting safeties. I did a video actually specifically about that, how Luana Rumo, their defensive coordinator, is going to address that. But they were prepared to lose those guys. Like they didn't just lose them and they didn't have a backup plan. They have brought in Daxton Hill. They brought in Nick Scott. They drafted Jordan Battle this year. I like all these players at the safety position. Well, surprised to see Jordan Battle make it to them where he did too. I mean, this is a guy, your Jaguars were kind of uh, a team that was penciled in to maybe go that route. Um, So they kind of got him at a value. Yeah. And the Jags, I think they, um, you know, they waited till the fifth round and they brought in Antonio Johnson. So you can't feel bad about that either when you talk about what they did at safety. And I loved the addition of DJ Turner, one of my favorite players in this draft class, loved him before that 40 yard dash. And then you see the (laughs) four, two, six, 40. And you're like, goodness gracious. And it shows up on, on tape, right? He has makeup speed. There's no question about it. He can stick with anybody. He can catch up with anybody and he plays physical. He's not the biggest corner in the world, but he plays physical. He's aggressive. I love that pick. I don't know if like Daxton Hill can come in and be Jesse Bates and Nick Scott come in and immediately be Von Bell, but with those two and Jordan battle and the addition of, of DJ Turner, who can probably play some slot for you. Can you get by, can, can Lou and Arumo survive with those guys early on while they develop uh, and, and two quality starters? I think they absolutely can. I love getting miles Murphy late in the first round. I thought that was a great pick. Um, so yeah, I think that this defense is going to be really good. I think Lou and Arumo is one of the best defensive coordinators on the planet right now. I think he should probably be a head coach somewhere but he's still there in Cincinnati. And I think that gives them an advantage. And man, like we touched on DJ reader. I went back and I watched rewatched the Titans game when he first came back after injury. It is incredible just how disruptive he is. And, And you talk about Jermaine Pratt as well. Like both of those guys having, I think they're more, two of the more underappreciated guys in the league. And again, we touched on it already. It's because the Bengals offense is so good and so dynamic that it kind of gets lost in translation, how good reader and Pratt are. I love watching both of those guys play. And the fact that, yeah, you mentioned it, Lou being back there, that defense is still going to be what it has been that we've grown accustomed to. So I'm excited to see what it will be for them in terms of the over under. I'm very torn because I think it could they could be like right on 11 wins. I don't think they're going to be lower than 11 wins. Um, but if I had to bet, it's plus odds right now to bet over. So I might just take my chances and say 12 and 5 for the Bengals. Yeah. I would be surprised if it's anything less than 12, quite honestly. I'm, I'm probably penciling them in at 13 right now. All right. Baltimore Ravens are over under 10 and a half. Um, you, you, the funny thing about Baltimore is like everybody is celebrating, you know, the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. Like they're getting 2014 Odell. That tells you how bad the receivers in Baltimore have been since Lamar Jackson's been there. It's been a lot of Willie Sneed. It's been a lot of just guys that aren't Marcus Robinson, Deshaun (laughs) Jackson, like it's Des Bryant. Like these are like their quote unquote splash signings at receiver. And they are, like fourth receivers on good teams. Like 
I like what they did bringing in Zay Flowers as well. Uh, he was my favorite receiver in the draft, and as a Steelers fan, it was heartbreaking to see him go there. Um, but in Todd Munkin's new offense, more of a pro-style offense, I'm excited to see you know this kind of new age Baltimore Ravens offense. Um, defensively, um, some questions I would say on the back end, but their front seven is dirty. I love their their ends. I think they're going to just still be disruptive in the run game, and they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I think that we talk about underrated defensive lineman uh, Pierce for them is another guy who doesn't get a lot of love, but is very good. Um, your thoughts on Baltimore. I think I might have them over under 10 and a half. I think 10 and uh, seven, 10 and seven might be where I put them. So I might say under for Baltimore, but not by a lot. Yeah, it's tough. That's a really good one. It's like Vegas and- knows what, they're, what they're doing or something. Yeah, what's funny about the AFC is there's so many teams I just want to slam the over. I think that just goes to show you the strength of the conference, but these teams have to play each other, and especially in the, the North, division right? as well, because you know, we talked about it last year, like the AFC West, everybody thought that all of them were going to be playoff teams. The division's going to eat each other alive, and at least one of these teams is going to stink. That's that's just the more than more than likely what will happen. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be Baltimore. I don't, I don't think, think it's it going to be, be Pittsburgh, and I don't think it's going to be Cincinnati. So and that's that kind foreshadowing, of, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. Um, for me, I'll, I'll take the over. I think, you know, how many wins did they end up with in 2022? Despite I think being, they went major? nine and eight last year. Yeah, I'll give them an, uh, an extra two wins. And look, Odell Beckham Jr even if he is fully healthy, is not going to be exactly what you said, the 2014 Odo Beckham Jr., right. but he's going to be better than anything they had if he's healthy. Zay Flowers is going to be better than anything they had if he's healthy. Can Rashad Bateman stay healthy? Because I think he's a talented receiver as well. You have Marcus Andrews. Isaiah Likely, I think, is a quality uh, backup tight end or a receiving tight end as well. Yeah. I think their offensive line, can Ronnie Stanley stay healthy? If he can, I think they're looking good there. I think their pass rush is going to be better this year. I think that um, uh, a guy that a lot of people are forgetting about is the kid out of Michigan from 2020 uh, to David Ojabo, who tore his Achilles at the Michigan Pro Day, right? But I think he's an absolute stud. The one thing I agree with you with, outside of Marlon Humphrey, where do you feel really good at corner? Like I like yeah. Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton and Geno Son, these guys at safety, but uh, Rocky Sin starting corner, I don't think that feels great. The Marion Williams. Yeah. And I like Demarion Williams. I think, you know, I think Caillou Blue, Caillou Blue Kelly, excuse me, the guy they picked up. Loved him at the senior bowl. Loved him at the senior bowl. It's interesting because he's the type of guy that like, if he went to a different team, I would be like, well, he has so much work to do. Um, He's a guy that I think really just kind of trusts his instincts and trusts them too much at times. (laughs) And he will get get burnt because of it he'll also make huge plays because of it but that's the type of guy that i think can really probably find success in baltimore's defense just kind of the way they do things and coach it up he's it's amazing what good coaching can do right um but still on paper the cornerback room is not great outside of marlon humphrey yeah and like i look at the rest of the defense though and like like i said michael pierce that knows i think he's one of the more underrated players on the team Justin Matabuke, we'll see. Roderick Washington, he's, I really think he's going to be good. I yeah. think I think their front four is going to be really good. Odafe Owe as well. Like their front four is going to be nasty. Um, it's just how good is the back end going to be? How much do you trust Rocky Asin at CB two opposite of Marlon Humphrey? You know that that was a problem for them a couple years ago because remember they had that litany of injuries and that just took out like all of their defensive backs 
And then going into last year, everybody's like, okay, you know, they'll get everybody back. The pass defense will be better. They got everybody back, but the pass defense wasn't much better. Um, So that's my big thing for Baltimore is how good is that pass defense going to be? I love what what they have in the front seven. Um, Yeah, and if the offense is as much better as it could be, yeah, from a passing game standpoint, maybe that kind of balances out some of the depth issues at corner. No, that's that is also a fair point. Um, So you said over. 10 yeah, I'll, I'll put I him at 11. I'm going to put him at 10. I will say under um, for Baltimore. But again, not by much. I just think that, you know, eventually we're going to have to hit some unders here. And I You're think right. they, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then that brings us to the Cleveland Browns over under nine and a half. I'm smashing the under. Smashing I, the under. I am too. And we could end up looking like fools because they have one of the most talented rosters in the league. Yeah. But Deshaun Watson in 2022 was not what he was prior to everything that went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I still kind of hold it against them what they did. I think know, everybody does. And, and making that trade and making him the highest paid quarterback in the league, despite obvious evidence that he was, you know, acting in a predatory manner, sure. quite frankly. Yep. Um, that bothered me. It still bothers me. But I like so much of what else they have on that roster. Like, They have a loaded defensive front. They have talent all over the place. I love, you know, just their their value trades for these wide receivers, right? Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick was taking candy from a baby. Mm -hmm. Then you go get Elijah Moore. I think that was a great move as well. Uh, But I'm going to take the under. I don't love it, but I I do kind of still take it personally what they did with the whole Deshaun Watson situation. And I just like the rest of their division better. Uh, And I don't know what Deshaun Watson will be in 2023. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, I mean, you, you pointed out their roster is really solid, but in terms of teams that you just historically trust and have given you a reason to trust Cleveland, isn't one of them. And yeah, Deshaun Watson is a big question mark here. Um, there were moments last year where we kind of saw glimmers of, okay, yeah, there's the, you know, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson from Houston. Um, you know, we mentioned the receivers, Cooper, they trade for Elijah Moore, Watson and Donovan Peoples Jones kind of started developing a chemistry down the stretch, um, especially in the Washington game. So there's definitely talent there. Nick Chubb, obviously arguably the best running back in football. Um, and they have talent in the back end too. So there's very few holes on the Browns roster. Like at some point, it just comes down to get the job done. We'll see if they can. But I'm over under nine and a half. I'm I think they'll be a seven eight win team. I think they'll be fine if they let's say they finish like eight and nine and miss the playoffs. Is that it for Kevin Stefanski? I think it should be, and I don't like to say that because I think he's a good coach. But this team, this organization, this regime has saddled themselves to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It was a massive investment from a monetary standpoint, from a cap standpoint, from a you know assets allocation standpoint. And if he cannot come in in 2023 and with the talent around him on this roster, get them to the playoffs, I think somebody's head is going to roll. I Who's agree. it going to be? Yeah, no, that, at some point, like you got to get results. And I understand that he, you know, helped them get to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. Um but it's a what have you done for me recently league. So we shall see. From the AFC North to the AFC South, your Jacksonville Jaguars. This, I mean, we talk about easy money. Nine and a half, the over under for the Jaguars after a nine and eight season in which they won the AFC South. 
bringing in Calvin Ridley, going into year three of Trevor Lawrence, and after the second half of the year that he had last, I mean, hell, the entire season. Week three against the Chargers was phenomenal, and it just kind of carried on from there. Nine and a half for the Jaguars, Jordan DeLugo. This is an easy over, is it not? Yeah, and you mentioned week three against the Chargers. Week two against the Colts, he set the Jaguars franchise record for completion percentage. I mean, and it's not like they've not had any quarterbacks. It hasn't been the richest history of quarterbacks in Jacksonville, but Mark Brunel was a yeah, damn good Brunel quarterback good. in the late nineties. You know, David Garrard was a good quarterback. Uh, so yeah, obviously Blake Bortles was Blake Bortles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to slam the over for the Jaguars. I think it's pretty silly. I would have them at 10 and a half if I was doing the odds. Yeah. I think that's a um, much better, much better number. So, yeah, I think that's an easy over. Look, the Jags, they went six and seven down the stretch. They were able to, you know, do that miraculous comeback in front of a Rockets home crowd against the Chargers. They took the Chiefs down to the wire. I think the defense going into year two under Mike Caldwell will have more continuity. I think Trayvon Walker will show improvement. I think a lot of these young guys will. I don't think it's going to be a great defense, but I think it's going to be a better defense than it was in 2022, especially against the pass. And I think the offense is going to look more like what you saw down the stretch versus what you saw during the kind of middle part of the season where they just went on a a really ugly slump on both sides of the ball. I think the Jaguars coached by Doug Peterson – play called by Doug Peterson on the offensive side of the ball. I think the offense has a chance to be a juggernaut with Calvin Ridley inserted yeah. into that mix. Yeah. The offense is going to be fun, you know, especially if Trevor keeps going on the, you know, the trajectory that he's on right now, year three should be very fun. He's my MVP pick. Like if, if that, if that trajectory keeps going up with Peterson, adding Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk had a really good year last year after getting clowned for how much money Trent Balky gave him. Um, Zay Jones is like what's all about good third receiver. Zay Jones is a solid third receiver. They bring in Parker Washington as well. He's a I slot. I love demon. that. Pick. Oh man, as a Penn State fan, I was very, I was very excited to see Parker Washington go to go to Jacksonville. I think he's going to be a perfect fit there. Um, yeah. Evan Ingram is a good receiving tight end. Like defensively, though, I mean, you touched on it. Um, like I like Fadakasi. I like Josh Allen. Um. We'll see. I think Trayvon Walker definitely showed that he can be, you know, what they want him to be, you know, being a former number one, number one overall pick um, on the back end, though. Like, how much do you trust Andre Cisco? How much do you trust Rayshon Jenkins? Like, hey, yeah, they're, here's they're my dogs. But I do have questions about the back end. And for me, it's at nickel. Um, I also think. The linebackers, the rookie linebackers last year playing next to Foyer Aluokun really struggled in coverage. Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, whoever it was on the field, they were getting picked on in coverage. Rayshon Jenkins got picked on in coverage. I think Andre Sisco is going to be very good. I have very little questions about him, actually. I think he took a big step last year. I think he'll do another big step in 2023. But yeah, for me, Rayshon Jenkins, linebackers next to Boy, Lewican, and then the nickel spot is going to be manned by Trey Herndon. And if the Jaguars want to run any man coverage on third down, Trey Herndon is not going to aid them in that. He can play some zone coverage at a high level, but in man situations against some of these really good receivers, slot receivers in the NFL these days, I, I just think Trey Herndon can be burnt toast a little bit at times. And so those are my questions on the back end. They're going to be a good run defensive unit. I think the pass rush will be improved. How much will, will it be improved? I'm not sure, but I do worry about some of the coverage stuff. Yeah. Regardless though, I think over nine and a half is easy money. And yeah. so does, so does Fandle having it at minus minus one fifty. I think that's, if not the highest, one of the highest 
of any team. Yeah, and part of that has to do with two rookie quarterbacks in the division, two rookie head coaches. Potent- potentially division. three as well, depending on what happens in Tennessee. Yeah, potentially. All right. So we'll talk about those Tennessee Titans because you and I kind of went back and forth on it today. You, of like anybody that I've talked to, are absolutely the highest on the Tennessee Titans. They, they're they over under a set at seven and a half. Um, and look, I'll, I'll just kind of reiterate what I said earlier about the Titans, like, You've got an aging Tannehill who I think A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry have made him look so much better than what his true talent really ever, ever was. And the Um, offensive design, right? Yes. Yes. So and I think that the last couple of years have kind of shown that like when A.J. Brown went down in 2021, that their, their offense struggled a lot last year. They didn't really have anybody outside of Traylon Burks to go to. Like it's all it's Traylon Burks and you and I playing receiver for the for the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry gets hurt. The offense really struggles. Obviously, Derrick Henry is fantastic at what he does, and you're gonna have a downgrade if he's not there. But the downgrade was ginormous when when he was absent. The thing with the Titans, Ray, Mike Vrabel raises their floor. He's a, he's that good of a coach where we can fish, officially say like, okay, if you got Mike Vrabel, you're gonna at least be in games that you probably shouldn't be. Um, I think seven and a half uh, with, if Rabel's not there, I think the number is lower. I think seven and a half is a good number. I'd probably put them around seven wins. Um, but you look at the first part of their schedule. I think I can kind of pinpoint, like if it goes bad, where will Levis will start. And I think it'll be like week eight against Atlanta. Cause it'll be a home game off the bye. If they're like two and six at that point, what do you got to lose? Um, defensively we talked about this too like their front seven so good especially against the run they are dogs in the front seven they got eaten alive in pass coverage last year that's my biggest question about them um they're an interesting team they play in a bad division so they've got that going for them but how much of like solid quarterback play does Tannehill have left can Derrick Henry you know get back to staying healthy for a complete season and taking over games like we've been accustomed to and can somebody not named Traylon Burks become a legit number two that is a worthwhile option? And can the pass defense get get better? Yeah, and can the offensive line improve from last year as well? Yeah, that too. There's a lot of questions, but for me, that's I guess I'm high on them compared to consensus. I'm not high on them overall. Like I think they're a team that can compete to make the playoffs mm. in 2023. I'm not saying they can compete to win the division. Maybe they can. Who knows? They did last year. Uh, obviously, I think the Jaguars have taken a big step forward, but you mentioned the receivers. I think beyond Traylon Burks, who, you know, he's not going to ever probably be the route runner that A.J. Brown is, but he's the ball winner that A.J. Brown is already, in my opinion. He's a big physical guy. He has the contested catch numbers to back that up. Um, he does not drop the football. He had one drop as a rookie, averaged over 60 yards a game. He had some injuries he was dealing with throughout the yeah. year. Uh, but I think Kyle Phillips can absolutely play. And he dealt with injuries last year as well, a rookie out of UCLA um, in 2022. I think he's going to be really good from the slot. Chigo Conquo out of Maryland in 2022. Awesome pick. Um, and, and he showed up down the stretch, the tight end as well. So I think there's going to be enough, given the fact that we know this is a run first team, right? Sure. Derrick Henry is the offensive engine. And then you drop Tajay Spears into that mix as well. I love well, Tajay Spears. Love Tajay Spears. A lot of fun and a lot of juice to that offense, both as a runner and a receiver. 
I think that they're going to be better offensively than they were last year. And I think on the back end, defensively, they're going to be a little bit improved, right? Roger McCreary was starting as a rookie last year. I think he's going to play better. He is a good football player out of the University of Auburn. I think they brought in Sean Murphy Bunting, who I like a lot from Tampa, a guy that needs to stay healthy. I think you can say that about a lot of this Titans roster. They just need to stay healthy. And I think that they're going to be a team that's flirting with eight or nine wins. So I will take the over and just hope that you don't have the same um, the same injury luck or, or lack of luck that they've had the last couple of years. Yeah, and we've seen them try to plug the holes that were left on the offensive line. Um, obviously, Taylor Lewan gone, Nate Davis right. gone, Ben and Jones gone. And he didn't gone. play last year. So Sure, yeah. So they bring in Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, former first-round pick who you know just didn't really see the field because Philadelphia's offensive line is really good. Um, they bring in... Um, why is the name escape? Was it uh, John Michael Schmitz that they drafted from? Uh, uh, the no, third? they brought in Peter Skaronsky. Peter awesome. Skaronsky, that's who I'm thinking of. Yes, yeah. yes, from Northwestern. And then Daniel Brunskill as well, I think, is going to be a quality uh, player in this scheme. You know, a guy who comes from San Francisco, the Titans are going to run the same type of outside zone game that the, yeah. the, the, the 49ers run. So I think that makes sense too. So their offensive line, you know, on paper looks like it got a little bit better, actually. Yeah. And NPF is suspended the first six games. Uh, Nicholas petit Frere, they're starting right tackle. So that's a question they have to answer early in the season. Like I said, they have the benefit of playing in a division that's not great. However, I think seven and a half is a, is a solid number. I think I'm going to put them right at seven. So I will say under for the Tennessee Titans. Um, we'll continue going through the AFC South. I can find the next team in the Aces at the Indianapolis Colts. There they are over under six and a half Shane Steichen coming over from Philadelphia. They draft Anthony Richardson. I love the potential of what they can be. Obviously I don't think they're going to be, you know what their ultimate ceiling is in 2020, 2020, 2023. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going to reach that full potential, obviously this early on, but I see, I see the vision. I love what they did in the draft. They drafted two of my favorite corners, taking both Julius Brents and Darius Rush. So there's a clear vision here. Scheme it's, fits too. Scheme fits and athletes. That's what they're yeah. that's what they're going after. So um, if Shaq Leonard can stay healthy, he dealt with a ton of injuries last year. Zaire Franklin emerges a really good linebacker for them as well, playing alongside Shaq Leonard. Um, so they got guys in, on that side of the ball. DeForest Buckner. Um, the questions awesome. I have is. Can the offensive line get better because it wasn't good last year? And everybody, you know, kind of said, oh, Quentin Nelson took a back seat or took a step back. I think a lot of that was just the fact that he was playing as two paint cans and he had to do a lot of work. Um, and what's the receiver situation going to look like? Because I think Michael Pittman is a really nice number two. I don't think he's a number one, at least not right now. Maybe he proves me wrong. Um, but the offense, I think it's going to look very similar to what Philadelphia's did last year. It's going to be a simple offense, but complex for for defenses to try to solve it's going to revolve around uh jonathan taylor and anthony richardson making plays with his legs while he learns you know to enhance his accuracy kind of learning on the job um but they have that built-in advantage of him being an alien uh to their advantage they're going to be fun to watch i think they'll be a fun bad team i think six wins is probably where they'll be so six and eleven i'm going to hit the under for the colts yeah, for me, you know, losing Stephon Gilmore, that does not help. Uh, losing Isaiah Rogers, I think hurts even more because they weren't expecting that. And, and then he got suspended and then they decided to waive him. He was an ascending corner in this league. Obviously, they brought in your guys, Juju Brents and Darius Rush, two guys I like as well. 
but their rookie corner is having to start from day one. Uh, that's not always a recipe for success. Yeah. Um, and a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, if you're not playing Anthony Richardson, you're playing Gardner Minshew, what's your ceiling with him at quarterback? Um, I do think the offensive line will be improved. I think Bernard Ryman started playing well down the stretch. Um, but yeah, I still I still just don't think it's going to be ready in 2022. I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be ready to put the team on his back consistently in 2023. I think that what we'll see is if and when he becomes a starter, and if it's week one, then cool. You know, at least we'll get all right full season of him. We know, like if I'm the Colts, I'm saying we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. He's going to take his lumps. That's fine. Help, have him learn on the job, and then when 2024 rolls around, he's got a full season under his belt, and we'll be able to you know try to hit the ground running. Um, but regardless, I'm excited to watch him, and I think that he, yes. if if Anthony Richardson comes close to reaching his full potential, that is, he's an alien on a football field, and it's going to be fun to watch. Um, yeah, it will be for sure. The Houston Texans. I love Josh awesome. Downs. Josh Downs, yes, Josh from, Downs. from North Carolina. Love it. Uh, and Alec Pierce. So I think they're, you know, Shane Steichen's going to want to get vertical with this yeah. passing offense. I think Pierce and Downs will help them in that regard. I think Isaiah McKenzie can help in that regard a little bit. Sure. It's possible that they, they end up beating that six and a half over under, but I'll take the under. The Houston Texans also have a six and a half over under. Um, again, a team with a clear vision. And got aggressive in the draft. They draft CJ Stroud and immediately traded to number three to take Will Anderson. They draft Tank Dell, another guy who I really liked in Mobile uh, during the Senior Bowl. So um, there's definitely a vision here. Get younger. You know, they addressed a lot of positions of need. And I like having D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. That defense is going to be in the upper half of the league. And we'll see what Bobby Slowick does at OC. Um, what are your thoughts on Houston? Uh, I think it's pretty similar for me what they were about Indy. Kind of copy-paste. Like, yep, CJ Stroud, I think he'll be solid. It's going to take some time. 6-11. and 11. Yeah, overall, I would say I like their direction a little bit more than the Colts because I think outside zone offense is the meta. I think D'Amico Ryan's defensively is going to be awesome as this coach. They brought in Jimmy Ward, who's one of his guys from San Fran. They drafted Will Anderson. And regardless of how you feel about the value of trading back up in the first round to get Will Anderson, he's going to make their defense a lot better up front. He's a hell of a player. Um, Obviously on the back end too. Yeah. You'll love that. Um, I think Shaquille Griffin, even though he struggled in Jacksonville is serviceable Desmond King, a guy that a lot of people forget about still a quality nickel type of guy back there. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot of what they've got going on. I think that overall the floor for them, I think the floor for their rebuild compared to the Colts rebuild is higher. I think CJ Stroud has less of a chance of being a bust than Anthony Richardson. Yeah. But I think the ceiling might be lower, right? Um, with CJ Stroud compared to Anthony Richardson. But I like the direction of this team. I think that they've got enough talent overall throughout the roster to be competitive week in and week out. I just don't see them kind of uh, being able to close out games in year one. And I think they will be good after year one, but I'm going to take the under. I'm in the same boat where there is a vision, and I think that they are in good hands. I think Casario, D'Amico, and everybody, you know, say, all right, this year's going to be, you know, kind of laying a foundation. We got some veteran leadership. Uh, I think they have a healthy mixture of veteran leadership, 
and young talent that can gel together. And again, they're not going to be great, but I think they'll be fun. And that's more than we've been able to say about Houston in the past couple of years. So that, that in itself is a step in the right direction. And sneaky um, good offensive line. Like people don't yeah, talk about their offensive two, line that much. Two dogs at tackle with Tunsil and Howard. I think that, you yeah. know, Tunsil gets a lot of the attention, but Howard at right is also had a very good year last year. Yeah. And I, I think Kenyon Green will p- play better this year. He's a guy I love coming out of Texas AM. Juice Scruggs is good out of Penn State, right? Yeah. In the center. Shaq Mason's good. So the offensive line, I think, is going to help them get the job done on all. Damian offense. Pierce and Devin Singletary, I think, are going to have both really solid seasons. And- nice committee of backs that they have that they'll be a fun like again i don't think they're gonna be able to close games like you said like they're gonna lose a few one score games but they're gonna be in one score games which is saying something is is the point for houston right now moving on to the afc east the buffalo bills over under 10 and a half wins um yeah i like the bills a lot i think that things that don't get highlighted last year is that they went through a lot more than what people realize Dealt with a lot of injuries. Trey White was gone until Thanksgiving. They lose Von Miller. They had that stretch of playing three games in like 13 days or something like that because of weather. Like it was weird for them having to move a game from uh, uh, from Buffalo to Detroit because of weather. They didn't uh, get home until Christmas after a game because of weather. The, the, the Demar Hamlin situation. Like they went through a lot last year. No, no. Um, I think over under ten and a half wins. I think is a lot. Doesn't say as much about Buffalo as it does just the Jets got better. Miami's expected to be better, and you know this is a tough division now. Um, ten and a half. I think they hit the over. I think eleven to twelve wins is probably where I could see them at. But Josh Allen. I mean, I think he's the second best quarterback in the league. I would like to see them not play so much hero ball where. Buffalo just needs to take the layups sometimes offensively instead of just going balls to the wall, all or nothing, all the time. Um, that is one thing I would like to see differently about Buffalo. I think defensively, they're still going to be fine. Like Edmonds isn't there anymore, but Matt Milano, I think, is at worst the second or third best inside linebacker in, in football. Their secondary is still really good. I think Buffalo will be just fine. I think 11 wins to me is their floor. Wouldn't shock me if they got 13. I'm taking the over. Yeah, ten and a half feels low to me. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I'm not as bullish on them as the Bengals or, or the Chiefs. Another foreshadowing there, but I think ten and a half is low. I think they're clearly in the top three in the AFC until somebody says otherwise. Yes. Um, obviously, like you said, they went through a ton last year. I don't hold that against them. Uh, I think that they have a lot of talent and depth up front on defense. Von Miller is supposed to be back ready for the start of the regular season. They added Leonard Floyd to that mix. I really like that kind of late offseason signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyir Elam is going to take another leap forward. Tredavious White, very good corner. As you said, Matt Milano, awesome. Um, and, and I think that they're kind of going to be pushing towards Dalton Kincaid, becoming kind of an offensive in an engine and away from them. I think it's going to be offense. I think it's going to be Diggs and Dalton Kincaid as the top two guys in the offense. I do too. Absolutely. And I hope that helps Josh Allen. I know he's one of the more volatile quarterbacks in the league. Like he can make, you know, a handful of absolutely jaw droppingly good plays every game. And he can make a couple boneheaded ones as well. I would like to see him reduce the, you know, uh, turnover worthy play percentage, but will he ever do that? I'm not sure. Um, 
I think the last couple of years, his completion percentage and adjusting completion percentage has kind of dropped each year over the last three years, but he's still absolutely an unbelievable talent. Uh, a guy who is playing close to the peak at the position. And when he's on his game, he is at the peak at the position. Um, and I just think they're a complete team. Now, there are some negative signs, I feel like, when it comes to what happened with Stefan Diggs, you know, them all not being on the same page there. Sure. Maybe the pressure is starting to get to this team because kind of like the early Buffalo, early 1990s Buffalo Bills, they just couldn't get over the hump. And this is a team that I think is starting to feel that pressure of not being able to get over the hump, not being able to get past the Bengals or the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. And um, I guess I'm just kind of leaning into the whole pressure makes diamonds, you know, kind of mindset. It can. Yeah. And, um, and I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like we are either going to look back on this whole dig stuff and say, man, remember when we were talking about how, Stefan Diggs hated everybody. And we're going to be talking about it in February after they just won the Super Bowl. Or we're going to be talking about it in January and saying they might blow this thing up. Like yeah. it's, I think it's going to be one extreme or the other. Well, and um, we've seen it happen with Diggs before in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? He wanted yeah. out um, and he got out. I do love Osiris Torrance as well. Wanted to throw that out there. Their second round pick out of Florida, um, unbelievably physical, never gave up a sack in college at guard. I think yeah. he's going to help their running game. And I think Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, they kind of wanted to pivot and have more of a power running game. And I think that they're going to get that a little bit uh, to compliment yeah. James Cook, obviously, yeah. and Naheem Hines. I think they have a really good committee of guys there, too. Um, James Cook is obviously going to be kind of the, the more prominent guy, but the rest of those guys will get their touches uh, as well. The Jets, nine and a half over under. Aaron Rodgers coming in. Um, I like what they have offensively. Like Garrett Wilson's very fun. Um, when their He's backs awesome. are healthy, they are very fun to watch. Obviously, um, dealt with a lot of injuries at the position last year. But you know, Brees Hall, very fun. Michael Carter, good. I think that they have uh, an offensive line that you'd like to see maybe one addition or make it can can Makai Becton stay healthy? I know he's gotten a lot right. lighter this off season um, and he's trying to focus on staying on the field. So, you know, all, all the well wishes to him and hopefully that he can put together a full season this year. Um, what, what's the biggest weakness for the jets in your mind? And do you think that they hit over under nine and a half? This is a good one. I think if the jets last yeah. year had a competent quarterback, I mean, I, I think Mike White was competent most of the time. Zach Wilson obviously wasn't. Um, I think that they were a playoff team if they had a good quarterback last year. I mean, they were this close to being one last year. If they beat right? Miami, you know. They started off close. hot, and the, they kind of fell apart down the stretch because the quarterback play I don't think could get the job done. But uh, like you said, the running back room, very talented. And then they drop in Izzy Abanacanda, awesome, awesome runner out of Pitt. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Home run speed. Um, brought over some of Aaron Rodgers' guys, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Yeah, I was going to say, they've turned into like the, the New York Packers to an extent. Yeah, and I think their defense is just solid all the way around. I really do. I loved adding Will McDonald. I think he's a guy that's going to come in. He was miscast in that 3-3 front at Iowa State. I think he's going to come in and be able to just rush off the edge and, and be effective. I like their cornerback room. Obviously, Sauce Gardner is awesome. One of the very best corners in the Can't league. Can't forget about already. DJ Reed, though. And DJ Reed's very good. Yes, 
And, you know, they brought in Adrian Amos to replace Chuck Clark, who they had brought in as Love well. Love that addition. And Jordan Whitehead is a very good safety as well. Um, you've seen Quincy Williams, you know, former Jaguars third-round pick, go over to to New York and play with his brother, and they've both been balling out since Quincy's gotten there. C.J. Mosley's still a good linebacker. Uh, and as I mentioned, Quinnen Williams, he might be the third-best interior defensive lineman right now, third, yeah, fourth, quite maybe, good. you know? Uh I'm going to say over. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think this is a really good one. I think cautiously I'm going to say over, and I'll put them at 10 and 7. Um, just because of all the things that you just pointed out. They have very few, if any, like glaring needs right now. I still think Aaron Rodgers is a top 8-ish quarterback in the league. And I think a change of scenery was good. I think it was needed. And having him play in an offense that he played in already with Nathaniel Hackett, I think is going to do him wonders. So I will also say over for the jets at nine and a half. Now this one, seven and a half for the Patriots. It feels low, believe, right? <laughs> I, I think I still might take the under me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I don't believe in them yeah. whatsoever. At all. It feels low just thinking about the Bill Belichick Patriots, right? Yeah. But no, I will also say this is plus money. If you if you say uh, over under, it's plus one hundred right now. If you go over, yeah, that's I mean, saying. I like Juju. I think that was a good addition. I really do. I think Ramondre Stevenson is a very good young running back in this yeah. league. Um, I think their defense is going to be really good. I think their offensive line is good enough. You know, um, Hunter Henry and Mike Jusecki at tight end, that's a lot to work with from a passing game standpoint. Is is um, Bill O'Brien going to really unlock Mac Jones and make him look a little bit more like the guy you saw a couple years ago than what you saw last year? I think they'll be better, but not better enough. No, I agree. And I think that there's a clear ceiling on what Mac Jones is going to be like. I tweeted and I keep that I kept it bookmarked because I knew that I would have to come back to it. I tweeted after uh, Jones's rookie year when they went to the playoffs and got boat raced by the Bills. I said I think that we probably have seen the best of Mac Jones already. Mm-hmm. I still stick by that. Like from just a he's not athletic. He doesn't have a huge arm. What you saw his rookie year, that's probably the best you're going to get out of him. And that was very best case scenario where they played a lot of weird games like they played the titans that year without henry without julio without aj brown all of them were hurt they got a lot of breaks in terms of like they played that weird wind tunnel game against buffalo yeah i think they were the like the 50 times. times yeah, yeah. so they played a lot of weird games that year i just don't think mac jones is gonna be the future of any franchise and but yeah bill o'brien can probably oh more than likely make him look a lot better than what he was last year because we talked about how bad Zach Wilson was last year. Mac Jones was putrid too. And I, I hear all the everybody saying, well, he had Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. I get it. And I do think that hurt, obviously. I'm it sure did. it did. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah. But at the same time, like we've seen plenty of quarterbacks have bad coordinators and overcome it. And, you know, I think that there's something to say for regardless of who his coordinators were his level of play last year was really bad. And I think that there's a yeah. clear ceiling on what he can be. Um, yeah. They were eight he, and nine last year. Yeah. And I think they're a better football team now than they were last year. 
but I think that everything around them has gotten so, got much so much better. Their record is not going to reflect that. Yeah. Their defense is going to be fun. Like, I love the Christian Gonzalez. By the way, Bill Belichick traded down and still got Christian Gonzalez. How did we let this happen? CB1, man. I love Devon Witherspoon. Don't get me wrong, but Christian yeah. Gonzalez and a Bill Belichick defense, it's not going to be fair. He's, he's my pick for defensive awesome. rookie of the year. I think he's going to be great. Me too. So we know their defense is I mean, it's what we've kind of grown accustomed to with, I think the Steelers and Patriots are very similar right now where they're going to be like, yeah, we're going to try to allow fewer points rather than score more points. Um, yeah. I, I'm taking, I think seven and 10 is probably what I see for New England. I don't think, it's just too loaded of a division, too loaded of a conference for me to say, yeah, Mac Jones is going to beat out Aaron Rodgers. Mac Jones is going to beat out Joe Burrow, Lamar. I just don't see it happening, man. I think seven and 10 is probably where they go. There's only seven spots in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. The Miami Dolphins over under nine and a half. Vic Fangio brought in as defensive coordinator. They trade for Jalen Ramsey. I love what their personnel, how it lies with Fangio's defense because they're not going to blitz as much, but they they got guys that can win by themselves. Like Christian Wilkins is, I think, is going to be so good this year. Um, they got Jalen Phillips, I think, is prime for a big year. Bradley Chubb. Like their front seven is going to be very good. I should say their front, their defensive front linebackers, a little bit questionable. And then in the second day, well, they brought know. in David long. I think that was an underrated move. He was one of the best players on Tennessee's defense last year. Fair linebacker. Point, point he's going to be good for them. Point taken with David long. And then we know Zayvon Howard, Jalen Ramsey, that's going to be a very good duo. I think Javon Holland pound for pound. I would make the awesome. argument that right now, Javon Holland could be their best defensive player. I think he's great. I do too. Um, and then, it, you know, offensively, we know that they've got Tyreek Hill. Now, we'll see what happens with him right now is, you know, I guess the league's looking into the entire incident that happened with him, supposedly hitting a man, assaulting a man on a boat. It's pretty on par for Tyreek Hill. Um, on brand. On brand, yes. Um, Jalen Waddle, we know how good he is. They lose Mike Kosecki at tight end, but they Mike McDaniel wasn't utilizing him as a <laughs> He was so threat. ready to get rid of him. Oh, he was so ready. Packed so his bags for him. him. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, you know, just comes down to can Tua, you know, produce the way he did last year. Um, I have you follow me on Twitter. You know how I feel about the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think that right now I, I would take the Jets over them right now. I would take the Bills over them. It just comes down to the quarterback for me. I'm, I'm also very over the whole Mike McDaniel shtick. It's I'm very <laughs> over it. Like, I get it. He's a dork. That's great. Um, I'm going to have them sitting at nine wins at nine and eight. So I will take hesitantly. I will take the under. Yeah. For me, it comes down to can Tua stay healthy. And if Tua can't stay healthy, can Mike White guide them to, you know, enough of offensive production within this, you know, great offensive system. Wouldn't it be, like I said, the, I the have, meta in the NFL right now, the Shanahan I'm gonna, system. I'm going to clip this part of the show because it's, I'm mesmerized by this. So we talk about the parallels of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers goes from Green Bay to the Jets, similar to how um, Favre did. Yeah. Well, in the process of that, Chad Pennington went to the Dolphins. Well, Mike White from the Jets has gone to the Dolphins. Can you imagine in a weird world where Mike White leads the Dolphins to a better record than the Jets, and if the Dolphins end up in the playoffs and the Jets don't, the the I that's I the part that 
like history repeats itself, Jordan DeLugo. That I, it, I'm very intrigued by that. But regardless, I think Rogers is better at this point in his career than Favre was at that point in his career. And I think there's just a much better team around him in New York. But yeah, it could be combustible in New York. Like you really wanted to put Nathaniel Hackett back in charge of an offense. Yeah. Like he was not in charge of the offense in Green Bay. That was all um, head coach, right? Matt LaFleur. LaFleur. I think that has the potential to be combustible. We'll see how it plays out. I just think there's too much talent in New York. They were almost a playoff team last year. Uh, But for me, for the Dolphins, I just – they look like a playoff team on paper. Yeah, they They looked like a playoff team on the field last year when Tua was healthy. I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy. And if he doesn't, is Mike White going to guide them through this gauntlet in the AFC to the playoffs? I'm going to say no, but very reluctantly. Um. That would put them at eight and nine, though. Gosh. Well, the over-under is nine. Oh, did you and say half, nine and a half? I mean, yeah. So I I'm mean, gonna put them at nine wins and maybe sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that that's probably where they'll be. Um, and I think a lot of it too is, you know, I think everybody's kind of overrating what Tua did last year. You know, we saw what he was prior to getting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Like, it, your job becomes a lot easier when you've got two of the fastest human beings on planet Earth to, you know, just give the ball to and i get that i'm not saying he didn't do anything last year i think that he is much closer to being jared goff jimmy garoppolo than he is patrick mahomes joe burrow oh for sure absolutely i'm with you there but one of those guys in this offense gets the job done sure that, that, i'm not arguing that at all um yeah. i think that they're definitely going to be in the mix and i know that they're kind of the hipster pick right now to be the AFC east champions i don't think they're better than buffalo i don't think they're better than the jets if Tua stays health, healthy, which I'm guessing that's not going to happen because he just has been injury prone and the concussions are really scary. And I hate like yeah. saying guys are injury prone. And sure, no, I, I get it. Yeah. But if he stays healthy, I do think they could contend for the best record in the AFC. I don't, but I respect where you're, where you're coming from and why. Because I think the defense is loaded for the most part. Like you I'm said, excited Christian to watch Wilkins is awesome. Jalen Phillips is awesome. Um, Rekwon Davis and Emmanuel Ogbo are both good players up front. I think David Long is really good. Bradley Chubb's really good. Corners are good. Safeties are good. Good defensive scheme, right? With with uh, Fangio coming in, I think, I think they if could. They played, if Tua stays healthy, I think if they played in the AFC South, they'd be a shoe in for a playoff berth. Um, Definitely, but it's just that everybody else around them is very good, and I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good. Um, they're going to give them fits though. I don't think that you can just write off the Patriots as a sure loss at any point, even though two has never lost to Bill Belichick. So that's fair, fair point taken there. Um, Final division. We go to the AFC West, the Kansas city chiefs over under 11 and a half smash that. I'm, I'm never doubting the chiefs at 11 and 11 and a half. I think that their floor is 13 wins. Um, it's the usual suspects. It's, it's Mahomes. Major injuries there. Yeah, unless some, unless something happens and like the wheels just kind of fall off. But as long as Mahomes, Reed, um, the defense with Chris Jones, I like uh, that they did lose Frank Clark, which is kind of a you know a shocking you know sequence that took place over the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, they've had they had a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys step up, especially in the secondary. Um, Crazy. Yeah, it was insane to see how well they did. And uh, credit to Steve Spagnuolo for getting the best out of those guys. 
Um, but in the middle, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. Um, the front seven's really good offensively. Full year of Kadarius Tony now in the system. Sky Moore, we know how good Travis Kelsey is. Yeah, this is kind of the usual suspects with the Chiefs. They just came off a Super Bowl win. I don't see a world where they win less than 12 games. Yeah, me neither. I mean, this is easy. Uh, I I think they're going to win 13 or 14 games at least. Yeah. Honestly, we don't. Um, we really don't have to spend much more time on the Chiefs. We know what I'll they just, are. Yeah, I'll just say I think Rasheed Rice is going to end up being a star there at some point. And I think Richie James was a very underrated signing for a guy that, you know, if Kadarius Tony gets hurt, if Sky Moore isn't doing what you expect him in year two, that Richie James can really pick up the slack. I think Richie James is going to take that Sky Moore spot at some point this year. I like Sky, so we'll see. But, like, we know Richie James can do what you need to in this offense. The Los Angeles Chargers, it just feels fitting that their over-under is nine and a half. They're talented. Like on paper, they should be a really good team. But Brandon Staley seems to get in the way of that a lot. Um, now, they bring in Kellen Moore, an offensive coordinator, and get rid of Joe Lombardi, which was a much-needed uh, transaction because that was it wasn't a good fit, man. How um, much more verticality does he add to that passing offense? I'm not sure. Yeah, that is another thing. Like me and JP Acosta talked, talked about this a lot. Like I think it's going to be a lot more like – inverted like slant maneuvers maybe some stick but what it what's going to be so much different about that i think it's going to be a faster pace offense and a little bit more dynamic but you know credit to joe lombardi i mean he was the offensive coordinator when herbert went off a couple years ago i don't know what the hell happened the offensive line was hurt a lot maybe we can chalk it up to that but we know how good justin herbert is something wasn't going right there um i think that brandon staley should have got axed but they made lombardi the scapegoat um, I think they probably should have just brought in a whole new staff because that the offense was not near as good as it, what it should be when you have a quarterback like that. But they bring in Quentin Johnson. Mike Williams is still there. Keenan Allen is still there. A lot of their thing just comes down to, can these guys stay healthy? Because over the last few years, that's been their big Achilles heel is, okay, we're bringing JC Jackson. Oh, he's got a bum ankle and he's going to miss the majority of the year. All right, Keenan Allen, he's still good. Oh, he's hurt. Mike Williams, he's hurt. Offensive lineman, uh, Rashawn Slater, he's hurt. A lot of these guys just need to be able to stay on the field. If they stay on the field, I think they're a 10 win team. Yeah. I was extremely bullish on um, the Chargers, on Brandon Staley heading into 2022. I don't feel as good about Brandon Staley anymore, right? Um, I think there was a lot of questionable decisions. I think playing Justin Herbert all that time with the rib injury that he had was a little bit insane. And I think that a lot of maybe the struggles offensively could have been chalked up to that too, where Justin Herbert was just playing hurt all year. Yeah. I do like the addition of Quentin Johnston to the offense. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they got things worked out with Austin Eckler for this season. I think their offensive line looks really good on paper. Weapons look good on paper. Justin Herbert's an awesome young quarterback. Something just seems to always come up. And they did make the playoffs last year, and then they – fell apart in the most unimaginable way possible. In the most Chargers way possible. <laughs> I'm I'm not buying Chargers stock this year. I'm going to say nine wins. I'm trying to avoid drinking the Kool-Aid too because, I mean, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. All right. That something just always seems to go wrong with them. Hesitantly, I, I go back and forth with this man. Because well, the crazy thing is, if it clicks, like they could 
make it to the AFC championship. That that is very true. And the thing with me though, like, so I do two game by game picks each year for everybody. And it came down to me for like that last playoff seed between like teams like Baltimore, Miami, and the Chargers. And at first I was like, well, I'll put in the Chargers, but like Baltimore has proven that they, hey, we'll find a way. The Chargers have proven we will not find a way. And until proven otherwise, like I can't with confidence say, yep, over. So I think begrudgingly, I'm going to say under and have them at nine wins again. And if that's the case, like even if they sneak into the wild card and they lose, you can't keep Brandon Staley, man. You can't. No, I mean, for me, I think even more than the Bills, the pressure is on for these Los Angeles Chargers. I agree. Uh, If they if they don't get a playoff win this year, I think Brandon Staley's got to go. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So from the Chiefs and the Chargers, we now go to the Vegas Raiders. Their over-under is six and a half. How long until Devontae Adams like tries to strangle Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room because he keeps overthrowing him? Yeah, man. This is the most uninspiring organization in the NFL right now, in my opinion. The, they don't the, have a clear the worst direction. part about this, uh, sorry to interrupt you. You're the good. worst part about this is like there's a real chance that the Raiders end up with the, the number one overall pick, which means that there's a real chance that Caleb Williams ends up in Vegas. That is a, that is a thought that I don't want. And that's something that we can't let happen as a collective people. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I do not want, I do not want him. in if Josh McDaniel is in Vegas, I do not want him in Vegas. I agree. Um, and, I mean, can you name – I'll spot you Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Name me three Raiders defenders. Yeah, so, I mean, I was obviously huge on Trayvon Merrick um, coming out. I loved him. But, yeah, other than that, the point is it's incredibly uninspiring. Yeah, man. It's bad. It is bad, bad. It's not good. Um, Hunter Renfro possibly being moved. I mean, there's been murmurs about that for a little bit. Um like Josh Jacobs seems pissed that he's there. Like he got tagged, and I think he's just like, "I ah, busting my ass for what?" Like we're not, they're not going to do anything this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Like that is, I think, uninspired is the perfect way of putting that. And I know a lot of Raiders fans wanted to see Josh McDaniels gone after last year, but if you think that Mark Davis has the cash flow to pay three coaching staffs, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. Um, so, I think that if they underperform, if they go, you know, four and thirteen, five and twelve this year, he'll be gone. Figure it out again, um, but especially in that in that division where you got to deal with fifteen and red twice a year, and he just beats the piss out of them. Like the most the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen is Andy Reid just saying, "Hey guys, go out there and run in a circle before we take the line of scrimmage and just see what happens." <laughs> and it. it's it's just so funny. I, I think they're going to be bad. This is an easy under for me. I think they're. I think best case scenario, they're a six win team, but even then that's under. So five and 12, four and 13 is where I'm, I'm at with Vegas. I'm 100% with you. Um, I hope for their fans that they're able to suck enough to get one of Caleb Williams or Drake may and get rid of Josh McDaniels. Amen to that for, for the Raiders faithful. And then the final team in the AFC West is the Denver Broncos, who can I just express that I'm kind of annoyed that they have the same over under as the Steelers at eight and a half. Like as a Steelers fan, that bothers me. It's the Sean Payton bump. 
the Sean Payton bump indeed. Um, look, I think that he's made one thing very clear this offseason is we are not letting Russ cook. I am running the football and I'm running it a lot. <laughs> the only thing he's cooking is TV dinners. He's cooking some Stouffer's mac and cheese. That is all that Russell Wilson will be cooking. Uh, I like the addition of Mike McGlinchey. They kind of sniped him from the Bears. Um, and now we'll see what happens with the running back situation because Dalvin Cook is still available. If they wanted to have, you know, just a really big like running back by committee with him and Williams in the backfield, that would give the offense a lot of help. Plus, we talk about receiving trios. Uh, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. Hell, receiving quadruplets. K.J. Hamler, throw him in there. Um, I think Marvin Mims is going to be sneaky too. Yeah, so they got five guys that they can go like, be legit options in an offense. It's just a matter of like, Dolchich is a good receiving option. I think Greg Dolchich is going to have a very good year. Um, so it, what this comes down to is what is Russell Wilson going to be? Like they are the biggest, like they could do great or they will be a complete flop again. And it all depends on the quarterback. Like defensively, like, Sertain's good. Justin Simmons is good. Uh, I think they're a little bit top-heavy on that side of the ball. They don't have a ton of depth that I like. Um, but offensively, it's boomer bust, and it all depends on the quarterback. Yeah, for me, I I don't think Sean Payton is going to let Russell Wilson bust. I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be in the same range as some of those teams trying to compete for that last playoff spot in the AFC. I think that eight and a half is probably, I would have probably guessed that they would have been seven and a half before looking at this, mm-hmm. but um, eight and a half is tough. I think they will be close. I think they will be eight and eight or, or eight and nine and eight and nine or nine and eight. And that uh, that's what I would guess. So I think it's right on the money. Do they I'll give, I'll give Sean have Payton a first the, round pick this year. Cause I know that they traded multiple away. I don't think I have a first round pick this coming draft. Do they? I don't know. I was gonna. I'm not sure, come, but I did I was like come up with a deranged theory. But continue. <laughs> <laughs> I did like stealing Frank Clark from your division rival. How crazy! I, I still like a lot of their pass rush. They like they just breed pass rushers there. Like Baron Browning, they got out of Ohio State a couple years ago, and he's developed into a hell of a pass rusher. Um, uh, Randy Gregory, they were able to get as well. I think he's going to help out their pass rush. I think Jonathan Cooper, another Ohio State guy is a little underrated as a pass rusher. Um, I think they're going to have just a solid team. I don't think the offense is going to be incredible. I don't think the defense is going to be incredible. But with Sean Payton, I think that they're a type of team that can win close games and win grinded out games. And I think a lot of people are really undervaluing just how talented Javante Williams is because he's coming off the injury. Yeah. I think they're going to be competitive. Eight and nine, nine and eight. It's tough for me to pick. I'll say eight and nine. I think that's a fair spot to put them. Um, yeah, like the fact that they're so tied to Russell Wilson too obviously hurts them. Like I, I remember, like week ten of last season, you turn on any podcast, they're like, "Okay, can we find a way where Denver could like theoretically get out of this thing this offseason?" Everybody's like, "Yeah, no, no, they can't." Um, but best case scenario happened and they got Sean Payton. Yep. Um, now the thing was, I would Sean not Payton, be surprised if they overtake the chargers in this division as the second best team. I, I can agree with that simply because of the track records of both coaches. Um, yeah. But the thing with Sean Payton too, is like, yes, he's you know, a proven head coach, but I mean, it's not like he's invincible. Like there's plenty of seven and nine seasons in new Orleans. 
with bad defenses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is, that is a, a point well taken. Um, I don't know, man. I think eight, nine is probably a safe place to put them like being competitive. They lost a lot of one score games last year. A lot of them like that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to one score games, like the Vikings were chaotic, great. And the Broncos were the chaotic evil. And yeah. somewhere in the middle is where you want to be. They, they were the polar opposites of one another. So if they get a few of those games back, then, you know, I think without a doubt, they will be more competitive this season, but I, I'm not confident enough to have them as an above 500 team. So I think I'm with you in saying eight and nine. Yep. Uh, what was their record last year? Oh, I think it was like five and 12, maybe. What was it? Four and 13. Yeah, lots of L's. Lots One, of two, L's. Three, four, five wins. Yeah. Five and five 12. And 12. Okay. So a three, a three game jump, I think is pretty big expectations. Uh, but tough division, tough conference. You're probably going to take two L's to the Chiefs. Yeah, um, I'll give them at least two wins against the Raiders and Chargers. I think they'll at minimum split those. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they swept the Raiders. Yeah. It, I, I think we're both kind of in the green, so they're that bad. So, I mean, right there, I mean, that's. I think Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton maybe accounts for three games. So, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a fascinating team. And in terms of this stacked AFC, like, let's go through like how many teams are we legitimately writing off and saying they are not going to be competitive. We got the Raiders, the Colts and the Texans, I think are going to take kind of gap years in terms of their quarterbacks. Um, everybody else, man, like I'm not, I don't think everyone else has a chance. Yeah. Like I I don't think the Patriots are going to be good, but I'm not going to say like they definitely won't be. I think like 13 Browns. Yeah, exactly. I think 13 of 16 teams in the AFC, you can make the case, yeah, they could be a playoff team, which yeah. is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, I'm kind of waiting off the Titans, but you're not. So, like, well, I, yeah, I think, but even if you're not in on the Titans, like, that's still a ridiculous amount of teams. That's that still 12 of 16 teams that could say, yep, we have a chance, which is crazy. Yeah. You can't say that about the well. I mean, in a way, I guess you kind of can say that about the NFC because it's not great. Like it's very top heavy, and after the first three teams, it's just chaos. Um, that'll be a fun. I'm very much looking forward to just getting through training camp, which we have in what three weeks? Three weeks yeah, camp just open, about. and then in a month we got the Hall of Fame game. It's a good time to be alive, Jordan Delugo. Yeah. This is a lot of fun, buddy. Where can the people find you? And what do you got coming? Yes, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. I've had a great time talking some AFC football with you. I'm an AFC guy. You know, Jags are in the AFC, so I pay a little bit more attention to the AFC. But I've been doing some shows on NFC teams as well. So if you're interested in Jaguars content, Duval Daily on Twitter. I mean, excuse me, on YouTube. The the channel is Jen Jag. The the show is Duval Daily. Do it pretty much on a daily basis during the week. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. And my new channel, which is, you know, focusing on the NFL at large, kind of taking deep dives into different teams and different subjects across the league is Rogue Football, which is R-O-G-U-E, not (laughs) R-O-U-G-E, not Rouge Football. It is Rogue Football. And you can find that on YouTube as well, just at Rogue Football. And from me, uh, the usual stuff on USA Today, I did my... Uh, top 32 quarterback rankings. Um, in terms of that, it's the 
you kind of get what you get from me at this point in the offseason. It was re- serious rankings and goofy blurbs about each of them. So go read that. I had a lot of fun Love doing it. that. Um, I did announce on Twitter that I have a feature piece that is in the works. It is confirmed. I'm not going to tweet it out until it happens, though, and it's all written up and whatnot. But it is by far the biggest piece of like my life. And I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with you guys when it does come out. So that'll be awesome. I can't. Oh yeah. I'll I'll fill you in after uh, in in the lobby afterwards, Um, but I'm very excited about it. Um, YouTube stuff. I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, that's very nice of you stick around, go watch my top 10 series that I debuted. It's my top 10 favorite players ever. That was a lot of fun. Watch the tape. I just did one on Justin Fields. um, And that seems to be getting a lot of positive reaction. Uh, Did one on Trevor Lawrence, your guy, Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh. You know what's funny? What's up? And Jags fans hate me for it. I had Justin Fields ahead of Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Did you? Yeah, I did. I think he is the most electric runner in the league right now, maybe outside of Lamar Jackson, but maybe even including Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I think the arm talent is absolutely there. Just about putting it all together right now. Um, And I'm actually working on a Justin Fields video as well. So that kind of syncs up nicely, but I love both of those quarterbacks, obviously Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are two favorite quarterback prospects I've ever scouted. I I'm a big Justin Fields guy and I'm looking forward to seeing what the bears can do this season. So I did one on him, just did one on Kenny Pickett as a Steelers fan. I I was very critical of Kenny Pickett. That's pretty well documented. Um, But there was a lot to like in the back half of the season. So I did one on him as well. And then this coming week, I'm doing one on Justin Herbert which is basically just going to be me getting aroused watching him throw deep balls. So if that's your kind of thing, it's a Jared Bailey SMR. Tune in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, what else? Black and Gold Thursdays, Steelers show that I do on Thursdays. That'll be coming back this week as well. So a lot of stuff on YouTube, podcast, writing-wise. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. We are getting Crush closer. It. Yeah, I appreciate Hey, you as well, buddy. Um, I appreciate it. I'm doing my best with a newborn here. Yeah. Trying to keep up. You're a new dad, (laughs) which is very exciting. Um, I cannot relate. No kids on this side. Um, Maybe one day. We'll see. That's a different conversation for a different podcast. For sure. Um, But regardless, we are just weeks away from training camp. Oh, that's another thing. I'm going on training camp tour. Come see me. Um, The dates are on my Twitter. I'll be at Steelers camp, Bills camp, and Commanders camp. So come see me. Take pictures of me. Throw me through a table at Bills camp. Why not? Put mustard on me. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, commander's camp that'll be interesting yeah gonna go see sam howell and jacoby Brissett duke it out it's gonna be a great time um no two of my close friends are commander's fans and they live out near there so i said yeah what the hell let's just go to commie's camp for a day it'll be a lot of fun um so i'm probably not gonna do media for that one but i'll just go to go and be fun um so yeah everybody watching listening however you're doing it appreciate you guys for making us part of your day and we'll be back later on in the week i got eric eager from sumer sports we're doing nfc over unders and then amy trask will be joining me later on in the week as well so busy week for the pump fake appreciate you guys for taking in all the content see you soon on the channel thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.